Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Lessons from the Healing Field, an ongoing journey from head to heart with Dr. Howard E. Richmond. And welcome, welcome. I am Deborah Brown, and it is my pleasure to co-host the show with my good friend and mentor, Dr. Howard Richmond. How are you today, Dr. H? I am great, thank you. It's great to be with you, Deborah. Well, it's my pleasure, and I know that we've got a lot in store for our listeners today. Uh, This is actually our number one episode of many, and we're calling this Lessons from the Healing Field with Howard Richmond, M.D., And I'm so excited because your body of work is going to transform lives. It has already done that with your patients and people that you have coached over time. And I just know that there are going to be so many people that will hear this message that we're going to pass along today. And they're going to say, oh, my goodness, how can I get some more of Dr. Howard E. Richmond, MD? And I know I keep saying doctor and MD at the same time, but I think I'm just making it very clear that you are a doctor. (laughs) And you are an integrative psychiatrist kind of doctor. So I want to hear how that um, how, how that is, you know, who is Dr. Richmond. So I want you to do what I call your two-minute movie. And by that I mean I want you to give me as much about your life that you'd like to tell us in two minutes, starting as far back as you'd like to go and coming forward to today, being with me on this episode of our show. So your two-minute movie, if you please. Okay, thank you. And I'm going to do it a little reverse order to start with a now. So I live in San Diego with my wife and our two German Shepherd rescues, Jade and Houdini. I am a psychiatrist, as you mentioned, and an integrative psychiatrist. I integrate mind, body, and spirit. I'm sure we'll talk a little more about that later. Um, I came here 25 years ago uh, from my formal training to do a residency program in psychiatry. And um, now going back from my origins, um, I grew up in various countries. Um, My father was a foreign service officer with the State Department, so I was actually born in Okinawa, Japan, lived there as well as Thailand and Brazil on two occasions, and in between, we were on the East Coast in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I migrated south to Florida with my initial career as a civil engineer. That lasted about a year and a half or two years. I found that I was drawn more to uh, figuring out people rather than solutions and equations, and then that's what brought me to San Diego to, um, to do my training in psychiatry. Two minutes? Oh, I think it's probably <clears throat> just about two minutes, and I'm 
fascinated <laughs> about the <laughs> I'm fascinated about the civil engineer part. I somehow have missed that in all the conversations you and I have had since I've met you a while ago, and I don't think I knew that you were a civil engineer for a part of your lifetime. So I think this is much a better fit for you. <laughs> I agree that you were right to, you were right to shift. Um, so um, you mentioned that you are an integrative psychiatrist. Actually, I mentioned it too, and that that is about um, integrating mind, body, spirit, right? So what um, – I know that you have taken – a lot of your body of work, and you have poured it into a, a new book that you have just released called The Healing Field. And I'd like to talk about that at the front end of our conversation because it will inform the rest of our conversation so beautifully. So tell me about your new book, and then I will have about a billion questions to ask. So my new book, The Healing Field, and I have to share with you the little lengthy subtitle, A Young Psychiatrist's Battle with His Anorexic Patient, Her Hunger Strike Against God, and Their Journey Through the Dark Night of the Soul. Now let me explain a little bit. Twenty years ago, I had a patient come to me through a colleague, and she was, she was what the insiders would call a psychiatric train wreck suicidal, depressed, anxious, compulsive behaviors, etc. Little did I know that that was the start of my real learning post my formal training. So the story encapsulates our healing journey. It's really a story, it's her story, my story, and our story together of going through what I call the battlefield of the ego mind and coming out to the healing field, and thus the name, the healing field. So it encompasses this journey with my patient who had developed anorexia, and it's less about psychiatric diagnoses and more about the journey of the human being and our soul's expression. So... With her, the learning was uh, such a, a, a beautiful learning curve to struggle with a patient so stuck and to learn so much more about myself, about her, and about this complex thing we call human being. I think that is so amazing that you put it this way, that it was not just her journey, it's your journey too. And that I think that's what happens, right? I think that's what happens in any interaction we have with someone that's important to us. Uh, We are changed and we change them. And then what comes next is hopefully a beautiful thing. And I know that's what happened with the heroine in the story. And I call her the heroine of your story um, for a very specific reason. I have read the book, as you know, a couple of times. And I just Mm -hmm. believe she is one of the most brave uh, amazing human beings, and I don't think we've quite maybe revealed that the story of the healing field is actually a fictionalized account of what you went through with this patient. Did we actually? Did you actually say that? And I just was listening and didn't hear it. But I think that's a really important piece that that you have you have told her story with her permission. Absolutely, and 
it's written as a novel so that it's not stodgy with medical or clinical issues. It's uh, more like a uh, fast-paced uh, novel through the complex web of the mind. Now, for your listeners out there, uh, I, as a physician, a doctor, a psychiatrist, would never write about a patient of mine. I had no intention of writing this story. However, my patient, who I call Lori in the novel, she demanded, she compelled, she insisted this story be written about four or five years into the treatment when there was a profound shift and a transformation and we both agreed that miracles were happening, that's when she stood up and said, you have to write about this, Dr. H. You have to write about the miracles because it could help someone else. And that's, um, that's why I did it. I, I listened to her and she was right. Well, Dr. H., and I'm going to call you that as well because that feels good to me. And I want to know, how in the world did you stick it out over a 20-year period where you were in a, what let's call a pitched battle of wills with Lori? I mean, you were trying everything, and she was trying as hard as she could to die, right? I mean, God love her heart. Yes. I'm so happy and proud that she that she um, that you were able to get through to her and and so forth. And people have to read the book to find out exactly how you did that. But um, how in the world did you stay in that game? And I'm calling it a game. I'm sure it was absolutely not a game. But you know what I mean. That's that's a lot of um, tenacity on your part. So tell me about that. Yes, it it is a lot of tenacity. It's a great question, and I'll say right up front. So many times it was such a struggle, and I questioned myself, what am I doing? Am I helping? She wants to die so badly, am I getting in her way? She was in such profound misery. Uh, There was times when my thoughts were, well, gosh, maybe she would be better off dead because she would be out of the tremendous physical, psychological, and emotional pain that she was in. However, I'm no Dr. Kevorkian, and she kept showing up. So I realized as long as she kept showing up, I at least had a thread, a chance, a possibility that something could happen. And that was what drove me. I I think part of it was my personality, is my personality of uh, wanting to solve a a puzzle, um, persistence, uh, determination, and maybe some (laughs) psychological issues like I wanted to avoid feeling shame and failure if she did go through with her plan to commit suicide. So uh, I think there was a host of reasons, and I'm sure glad I stuck with it. Well, I know I know I am too, and so is Lori and her family. And I want to park that shame and failure thing that you mentioned that maybe in some way you did not want to have to experience because shame and failure is what really was starting to shape so much of Lori's whole story. Uh, so we'll come back to that in a minute. But what I yes. want to first ask you is um, you had a new practice when you first met her. I mean, you were just starting out, right? And then... You had this this patient that was probably going to be your most challenging and 
and also heartwarming and wonderful experience of all time, I would imagine, as a, as a doctor. But how in the world did you stay sane and stimulate yourself and rejuvenate? You know, because you were going through a lot, right? I mean, you know, you're not, you know, what did you do to, to get yourself some more juice? It's funny you laugh, and, and I'm, I'm chuckling myself because I, I remember uh, coming home nights sometimes feeling really exhausted and really drained. And one day, this was about um, 18 or 19 years ago, I, I read an article in the San Diego Tribune about a stand-up comedy class at the comedy store in La Jolla, California. So I'm reading this, and you go through eight weeks with other students, and then for quote-unquote graduation, you stand up and perform stand-up comedy in the comedy club. Now, I'm reading this story, and my heart is pounding. It's, it's, a, com- <laughs> it's a combination of fear and excitement, but I have to admit it was mostly fear, and yet I was intrigued. I had a little bit... Uh, a taste of of being a thespian in high school in Brazil. I was in all of the plays there. It was a small school. And I really loved going on stage uh, and performing. Now, I had never done stand-up comedy at all. And so I was drawn by the intrigue, the challenge. Uh, could I do this? Uh, could I stand up and make people laugh and while part of me was saying, run away, because what if you fail? And again, uh, judge, <laughs> judgment and shame come mm-hmm. up again. Yep. And yet another part of me uh, felt like, no, I want to explore this. Let, let me take the first step. And I took the eight-week class, and uh, I sweated bullets many nights, didn't sleep very well, and started to piece together um, a little set, which I performed on a Monday night at the comedy club with a user-friendly audience, and they laughed. (laughs) And so I was hooked. I was hooked. And I kept it up for many years, on and off, and uh, that that really helped me for balance. And also, as you know from reading the book, it helped me with a therapeutic tool, humor. That's right. The other thing that I know is that you have a an alter ego that goes on stage. You don't go on stage as Dr. H. Something much more clever. I will let you say it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm no, I'm known as the comic shrink. Of course you are. Of course you are. I love that. I think that's so perfect. But I also want to go back to when you said you were first learning how to do it, and you said, my heart was pounding. But you kept showing up, and that's exactly what Lori did. She kept showing up. So there's a theme that runs. I, I call this when I look at your work, and I think about Lori, and I think about you and your growth and your transformation as you experienced 20 years of being with her, um, you both were on a parallel track. So she kept showing up, you kept showing up. She had shame and failure, you were kind of working through yours. And it's just very, very interesting because it makes me realize that it is the human condition and that it really is okay if that's where we are in our life and that you and others 
have been on that same path and that there is hope. Is that okay to say that way? Yes, yes. And you're very, you're very astute, Deb, because when, when you dig a little deeper, and you're a digger, and when, when we dig a little bit deeper, there's those parallel processes that would otherwise be uh, invisible or under the radar because our lives were so seemingly contrasting, yet on a deeper level underneath it, the story beneath the story, there's this these things called emotions and and uh, uh, whatever our stories are, the parallel of going through judgment, going through fear to the other side. That's where the miracles happen. Through judgment, through fear, to the other side. Wow. Yes. I wanted to kind of hold that for a moment. Through judgment through fear, to the other side. So, my gosh, um, how exciting. That First of all, that you can identify it, you can call it, you can put a name on it, you can be aware of it, and then you can go through it to the other side. Yes. I love that. Yes. That sounds very, very hopeful and very powerful. Yes, and a, and a, and a very important asterisk. It can sound simple, and it can sound like a bumper sticker, and it's not. It's simply complex. So I don't mean to give the idea that this is easy, and I don't even like to use the language easy or hard. It's unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar to be aware of our judgment, to reduce the lock that the judgment has on us, to recognize when we're in fear or shame or a host of other emotions and take a step out of that lock sort of that half Nelson that our ego can hold us onto. So that's the work. That's the tough work. And I say to people, the investment, the energy that you put in this work pays off dividends. And that's part of the story of the healing field. Ah, okay. Well, and when you say it's simply complex, I've heard you say that several times in our conversations privately. And it's um it's a wonderful juxtaposition of two concepts that are absolutely perfect together so yes the way that you're able to um to frame some of these com- uh, simply complex principles for us so that we can not only hear you say it but also pull it into our own life is really going to work so well for so many people and i appreciate that very much about you um, Thank you. I would like to. You're welcome. I would like to um, kind of talk about the simply complex <laughs> Lori um, in her. Uh, how shall I say this? The compulsive behaviors that she presented with when you first met her, um, and they were very, very self-harming um, to the point of, you know, she, I, I understand she was uh, picking at her ears and just was compulsively doing things that were. Um, dangerous really not not just the anorexia but other things so and she also had debilitating pain in her spine so i'm Mm -hmm. thinking that the pain in her body and the pain in her psyche were somehow in the same space and that maybe that strong connection between body mind and spirit is something that you could talk about for a little bit okay wow yes So the back pain 
let me start with that. So she had a back injury that led to chronic pain that led to a failed back surgery. So she was in tremendous back pain, and it was very real, and it was on the physical dimension. So there was definitely back pain documented, no ifs, ands, or buts. Through the course of this treatment, I began to realize that metaphorically there was also back pain, meaning back in time, and now we transcend just physical pain to emotional pain. As I began to learn her story of her childhood unhealed wounds, uh, those pains that often are invisible and hide in our body or hide in other places, that emotional and psychological pain uh, amplified her whole, uh, that the juxtaposition of, of body and mind. Now, let me pause for a second. If somebody has a back surgery, there's going to be back pain, and to a greater or lesser extent, our mind can help or hurt us. If we're terribly fearful, if we're terribly worried, that's going to just intuitively uh, it prolong the healing process. What I found with Lori, that there was such a profound uh, and amazingly informative uh, learning and teaching to uh, her journey and my discovery and our discovery together of symbolically uh, the integration and the bridge between that back pain, emotional back pain in the past, how it was triggered in the present, how there was also physical pain. Now let's pause for a second. That's the body and the mind. So this is simply complex. So when we parcel it down, body and mind, now if we look at the mind, there's our our thinking process, which is the right behind the forehead, that place where we have thoughts, beliefs, judgments, and conclusions. And there's another part of our mind or our brain, which is the midbrain, the amygdala, uh, the fear center where emotions can get uh, trapped and replayed. So with that mind-body connection, now where does spirit come in? So what I found in the journey with Lori and I that as we deal with and unwind and unpack uh, the emotions and the thoughts and the beliefs and the judgments, as we unwind those and release those, and as we decrease and release judgment, and we deal with fear and other emotions, and they become less and less, that opens an intuitive or a spiritual portal where we can be more fully present of who we are and who we are meant to be. That magical space that's almost undefinable, if not undefinable, that is what I would say where spirit can come out when we're working on our healing of our body and our mind. Did that make sense?
Hi, we lost you. What happened? Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.